Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Talking Heads Podcast. This is the first episode of many. If you like what you hear, please rate and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at the LASXP. You can also find us on Facebook at LASXP. We're also on SoundCloud, and we're going to be also growing to YouTube and Facebook Live eventually. But for now, it's just audio. So here's episode one. Let's get the show started. I got Max Peck as the first guest on episode one of Talking Heads. And we're going to dive deep a little bit into the Steelers as he is my Steelers correspondent. I want to get into their start to the season. It was quite a bit unusual, but it actually is a, like a somewhat usual start for Pittsburgh. They seem to start the season off slow and it was somewhat mediocre. I mean, they started off the season with a tie to the Browns. You want to talk about that yeah. at all a little bit? <laughs> well, well, my dear friend Matthew, may I first start and say that I am your Pittsburgh Steelers consigliere. Okay, okay, there we go. There we go. I'm, 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 I am your your talking head in the desert. Although I, I live near the beach, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll save that for another time. Uh, Matt, you're you're 100% right. Pittsburgh has a history uh, of late. Um, starting the season out really slow, uh, it seems like it takes them a little bit of time to pick up momentum, figure out personnel changes, what's going to work for them on their offense. And for the past decade, their their defense has been a shell of, of what it used to be, right? Um, so, you know, starting the season, uh, tying with the Browns definitely spoke more to the the raw talent and capability that Cleveland possessed than Steelers football as a whole. Granted, uh, Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback for that game. Um, You know, I, I've been following Cleveland's defense a little closely this season and they're, they're good, man. Oh yeah. They, they're, they're something to look out uh, coming to, into the future. Cleveland's always been the AFC North little brother. And uh, as a non threat, uh, I've I've developed a little bit of a soft spot for them, uh, especially uh, when they were battling Baltimore uh, in the last week to try and get Pittsburgh to to make it into the playoffs. But I won't steal your thunder. Uh, well, that kind of leads well into the next topic I wanted to talk about was like Baker Mayfield. That's what got me yeah. excited about the Browns this past year. I did a little coverage of the first draft, the first day of the draft. And I wanted Baker Mayfield to go the, the very first pick. He was the most accurate QB in college football in, in history with that last season that he had um, at, yeah. at Oklahoma. And so the, this is the AFC North division is all of a sudden it's going to be clumped up. Now Now we got Baker Mayfield who really competed when he finally got the starting starting job and he got this team to battle back. They were basically, without that tie, I mean... That, that tie could have gone either way for either the, the Browns or the Steelers in the first game of the year, too. So sure. they could have been 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, And then Lamar Jackson, he's kind of changing the scope of the AFC North as well, just with his style of play. That defense for the Ravens yep. is no joke as well. So going forward, I mean, we can probably assume that Le'Veon Bell's not going to be on the team anymore. But they still got Big Ben. We don't know about yeah. Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster, this kid's a stud. Um, totally. But offensive-wise, we think the Steelers can definitely hang with the best of the best in the league, but then it comes to defense. And, I mean, going forward, like, when I was looking at the playoffs before Wild Card Weekend, too, I was like, oh, no, yeah, all these teams, they look like they should be in there. And then I go back and look to see who missed the playoffs, and I see the Steelers. That's the huge miss for me. Like, the Steelers are one of the teams, like, we could have just taken the, Titan, the, the, the Texans out to me and put the Steelers in because the Steelers are definitely a better team than the Texans, but their record didn't sure. say so. Uh, maybe it's no. just the talent that they got, but I mean, yeah, this this division isn't going to be easy to win. What do you what do you think going forward for the next what five ten years? You think, I mean, Big Ben's he doesn't got ten more years in him. That's for damn sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, I I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes to the future of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm going to be Nostradamus here and, and fo- forecast the dark ages are coming. Right, we're we're looking back to the days of uh, Cordell Stewart and Tommy Maddox. Oh gosh, and just. <laughs> just really slugging through. I'm afraid that's going to happen for a while, Matt. Um, Pittsburgh has lost a bit of its identity. Um, Defense we wise, have a definitely. Lot of, def, definitely. We, we have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball, and that was really 
condensed into three positions: quarterback, our our uh, our ex receiver, and our running back, right? And Le'Veon Bell. Um, Le'Veon Bell is a is a great talent, right? Um, don't get me wrong; we have an outstanding offensive line, and I really think that's the reason why James Conner was able to do as well as he did this season. We have to give the big boys up front some credit. Um, they they really do a, they really do a great job. Um, again, that's not undercutting Le'Veon Bell. I really do think he is a a freak running back, um, a, a beautiful mix of uh, a beautiful talent that can run and receive the ball. Right, Mo- most running backs in the NFL are either one or the other. Right, James White really can't run the ball behind a fullback, but you can, you know, Brady pitches him out and he'll do great catching the ball out in the flat. Well, I think. I think Le'Veon was definitely worth the money he was asking for, um, and that's the hard part in the NFL, Matt, is trying to balance between uh, what a player is worth and what a team can afford, right? Right. Um, and and good organizations find a way to make it happen, and often that's some of the bigger players taking a bit of a pay cut. I hate to keep bringing up New England, but uh, Tom Brady and some of the other players around there, they, they do that, right? They, they purposefully... Um, lower their salary so they can keep some talent on their team because they want to win championships. And um, I don't know how to fix that problem, right? I, I don't think taking away salary caps and turning the NFL into the NBA is going to be the fix, but maybe it is. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that whole Le'Veon Bell, I feel like that, that just the way it was handled, especially, I mean, it just could have been handled a lot better if, if, like instead of this Let whole. Let me ask you though, like, like on on who do you think Bell could have been better at it? You think the organization? The organization. Could have, or what do you think? I mean, I, yeah. If I'm Le'Veon Bell, yeah, I get that. You know, go get your money. If you, but I don't think I would have said no to fifteen million dollars. Um, yeah. But you know, that's fifteen million dollars he's not going to get back. So that, but he felt that he he would rather just wait the season out and wait for his long term contract to come in next season if there's a team willing, which there will be, to take a chance of on him. Um, of course. But I feel like that kind of contributed a bit to their shaky start. And like, like you said, James Conner, he came in and was a solid backup. He did exactly, you know, what they asked of him. He had something to prove, you know? Right, right. And, I mean, it, it was just sloppy. I, it just the whole, just, it was a big, from the organization side, it was just a distraction. It could have been handled a lot better in that sense. Um, it just doesn't seem that Mike Tomlin has the same pull that he had. And this is a kind of uh, 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 thing that I was thinking about with this whole Antonio Brown, Big Ben, like there's this whole thing, he said, she said type of thing going on, right? Big Ben supposedly yeah. said something was was uncomfortable with him at practice or something. And then Big Ben came out and said, no, there's no problem. But still, there, like even today, I was reading just before we, we uh, connected right now, there was an article I was reading that the owner, Art Rooney II, he was just saying that it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult for them to really keep, find a way to keep Antonio Brown. And I feel like if, if Bill Cowher was there, man, this definitely wouldn't happen, right? Like, there's something wrong with Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has definitely lost a little juice. I mean, even losing to the, the, the Jaguars last year in the divisional round, to me, that yeah. was unacceptable. Like, there's yeah. no way that Jaguars team should have even got to play in the AFC Championship last year. That was a complete and utter fail on the offensive side of the ball, right? Um, defense can always play better. Defense is do win championships. That's the, the cliche. We all know that's the status quo. Uh, but that that last playoff uh, game uh, last year, that just, um, you know, that was, a, that was a failure of Todd Haley. That was a failure of us not having all the weapons that a lot of good teams have, right? Um, don't get me wrong, not every team has a stud at every position, but Pittsburgh, I really do feel, needs to have a mid-range threat, right? You know, if you can lock down Antonio Brown and get some good coverage on the run game, you know, there there really aren't, a, there isn't a slot receiver that's going to do well. I mean, Juju Smith has been filling a little bit of that slot but he's really more of a he's a deep he's a deep guy um and uh, our tight ends are a joke right I, I don't mean to be calling out uh jesse james or uh, mcdonald cool, yeah um, yeah i like i like mcdonald he's he's strong he's sturdy um and i think you know he deserves some more targets i think i think he i think he can develop into something a little bit better right i think he had some glimpses this this season 
um, that gives me hope. Uh, I think I think James uh, Jesse James has been given um, plenty of chances, and I, I don't I don't see him as a um, as as a, uh, uh, I, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here, like Matt? a dominant a, uh, just yeah like, even uh, an uh, average uh, tight end. Uh, sure, sure. So we, yeah. I mean. Uh, not to be nostalgic, but back in the days of Heath Miller, right? Old, 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 old faithful Heath Miller. You knew that if you needed a third down conversion, you could look for him. Right. And those hands would grip the ball uh, with with a kung fu grip and not let go. Right. The the man hardly ever dropped a pass. So, I uh, I just think I think Pittsburgh is in the beginning of a rebuilding era. And uh, to to reference what you were saying about Mike Tomlin, um, you're right. Pittsburgh uh, in the Super Bowl era has only had three head coaches, right? Chuck mm-hmm. Noll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. Um, both Noll and Cowher were angry, animated coaches, right? That's not Tomlin style. <laughs> I think it's easy. I think it's easy for us, right, Matt? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. To kind of say, you know this and that to critique a coach in this way, that way, but we don't see what he's like with the players. We don't see what he's like in the locker room. Um, he's a bit of a stoic guy and maybe the team appreciates that. I think it's really hard to, um, to point a finger at a coach unless you have like a clear example of, of just, you can see that the team isn't behind them. Mike McCarthy is a good example of that in green Bay, right? right. You can just see that the team has kind of given up on their coach, you yeah. know, and that's and that's not that's not a recipe for success. Definitely, yeah, I, I would agree in the sense that Mike Tomlin is a great leader for that locker room. But when I just think about the Steelers, the last three, four, even five years, it's it's been kind of a drama show. You know, there's just been a lot of drama surrounding it. That ever like ever since they their last playoff or their last Super Bowl appearance was what against the the Packers, right? Um. Uh, yeah, it was 2008. 2008, and just since then, they just, it, to me, yeah, it's just been a little bit messy. It hasn't been a circus by any means, but just just personnel, you know, I, I don't know if it's like that Heinz Ward type of leadership that they need, like with a player on the field, because Tomlinson, yeah, he definitely yeah. has that it factor when it comes to a leader, but Big Ben, you know, he doesn't seem like he's going to be that type of outspoken leader to me, like like a Heinz Ward was, or even a... Uh, Jerome Bettis was back in the day too. So, do you think they can make any changes on the field in that sense? Do you think Big Ben? I mean, totally. do, you, do you like these guys still? Because like, they... <laughs> that's a really good question. No, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, me personally, I, I, I like to, I favor, I favor the youth in the NFL, and you can see there's a push to that, Matt. Right? Players are are younger, and players are faster nowadays. Right? We have quarterbacks that are 23, 24 years old. I think, um, I think Big Ben. I think is. I think our time with Ben is is over. You know, I I do. If they can think, get that that uh, Trevor Lawrence kid from Clemson, that'd be something, wouldn't it? I mean, that's where it looks like the league's going. Big Ben, he has that somewhat of a mobility. He can move the pocket. He ain't scrambling for yards. He may scramble for a first down if he's lucky. But I mean, he still got that upper tough upper body strength to at least get the ball downfield like he's known for. Look, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh style of offense for decades has just been gritty, right? Not pretty, gritty. Yeah. Um, and Big Ben fit that profile for a really long time, and he still does. You're right. He doesn't – We I don't think we need a quarterback that can be a Lamar Jackson, for example, right? Or, or a um, – uh, oh, my gosh, what's the kid's name from Kansas City? Holmes, right? Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think we need a, a someone like that, right? I um I like the idea that he can shed a sack and extend the play, right? Aaron Rodgers is a good example. Aaron Rodgers is a healthier version of Ben Roethlisberger, right? And and, and arguably a better quarterback, maybe inarguably. Aaron Rodgers is pretty great, <laughs> right? Um, but it's it's just um I I for a while wanted to see the kid play. I was like, put Rudolph in there. Let's see let's see what he can do, but. Um, in the NFL, the NFL is real risk uh, risk averse. You know, you have jobs on the line. Coaches aren't going to take risks that aren't um, warranted. You know, and I think that's why uh, Jim Harbaugh, for example, wasn't going to put Flacco back in the game. Right. I wonder if they put Flacco in, maybe they would have won that game. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. That's look, that's... look, look. Uh, Baltimore. 
rants and raves about that guy. I, in my opinion, right, Joe Flacco is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL, right? Uh, He's just I, another I, Trent Dilfer. He's just like Trent Dilfer for them now. After yeah. five years after that Super Bowl, we're like, yeah, that's all he was. He was just a game manager, right? Look, uh, I mean, Matt, let's talk about the, the evolution of the NFL to begin with, right? The way that rules are changing. Matt, what I'm scared of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you don't feel this way, I'm afraid that the NFL is going to turn into the NBA. I don't like seeing games like Rams-Chiefs where it's 50-52. to 52. I don't like seeing that, to be honest. This isn't, this isn't, I, I don't like seeing a, a, a touchdown-heavy league. That's not the football I want to watch. You know, that, I was at that Monday night game. It was special. It was, I didn't think I was watching football. It was a pretty, right. it was an intense atmosphere, that's for sure. And, and I honestly, like a lot of people, as soon as we saw that Monday night game, you know, I was listening to ESPN, Fox Sports. I was working at the Dodgers radio station at the time and people were all saying, oh my gosh, this is, this is the NFL. This is the new, this is what it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. And then the next, like, after that Thursday night game, we get, to, we get to Sunday, we get to Monday, and, oh, no, that was a Monday night game, excuse me. But then the following week, right, we get to Thursday, that Thursday night game following, then the following weekend of games, and it got back, we saw, saw just a regular football games. You know, some teams scoring over 30, some teams just blubbering like we usually see in Miami and Buffalo who can struggle <laughs> to score 20 points a game, right? Stop picking on the AFC East, all right, bud? <laughs> hey, that AFC East, that's the only reason why the Patriots are back in contention for the Super Bowl, all right? <laughs> well, you're right, but I, I, hear, I hear there's a good argument out there that Josh Allen should have been picked number one. Everyone says that he's actually the most underrated quarterback in the NFL right now. I don't know how true that is, but... I will say... I wasn't high on the kid at all. I didn't think he should have been drafted in the first round at all. Oh. But after seeing after seeing him play and seeing his mobility, like yeah. there's there's things that confirm my belief that that okay, the Bills are going to be picking a quarterback in the first round within 4 to 5 years. But then there's also a few things that tells me this kid's f- pretty fast too. He looks faster than Carson Wentz. He looks more mobile than Carson Wentz. I mean, he had a few huge rushing plays. There's been throws that he's just like way off, and it's just yeah. Totally. But Josh Allen, he's he's another story. Let's let's uh, let's dive deep a little bit into uh, let's let's talk about the Pats. So you were saying, don't bag on the AFC East. I was coming up with some some numbers because I honestly think that the Patriots will not be making it to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to lose this week or next week, but it's definitely they're definitely going to lose to one of the two AFC West teams that are left, the Chiefs or they're, the Chargers. They're losing. They're losing. They're losing this week. You think so? All right. I think. Um, I think the LA Chargers. Still really hard to say that. I still want to call them San Diego. Right. Shout out to all the San Diego diehards out there. Your your team will return, and that's my estimate. So uh, let, me, let me give you some stats real quick uh, on, yeah, me, on, on some thoughts, because this is why I think the Pats are definitely not going to be in the Super Bowl this year. So in their six division games this year against the Bills, the Jets, and the, the Dolphins, they went 5-1, and one, and they outscored those teams in that record, 5-1, to one, by 96 points. All right. Then their other six wins that came this year, they played the Texans, Colts, Chiefs, Packers, Bears, Vikings. Three, four of those teams, excuse me, were playoff teams, right? Mm-hmm. And they happen to outscore the other two teams and those four teams combined by f- only 52 points. So they're just smashing up on the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets. And when it comes down to these playoff teams, these four playoff teams that they beat, they only average to beat them by just over a touchdown. So just may- maybe they're getting close to eight points a game when I averaged it out and I was looking at it. The only team they really beat well convincingly was the Colts by two touchdowns. So... I feel like weather is going to be their only friend if, if they happen to win against the Chargers at Foxborough. But I feel like this Chargers team, oh my gosh. At, when I was working at KLAC, all the highlights that I would hear is this Derwin James, this safety kid from, that was drafted this year in the yeah. first round. And yeah, this kid, that kid's something else. And then Mel, Melvin Ingram on the, on the defensive side as a defensive end as well. He's been, something, he's been doing a lot for that defense. And just those guys alone on the outside have been helping that defensive line for the Chargers. And then Phillip Rivers, I mean, he broke a record this year. He made 25 straight completions against the Cardinals, nonetheless, which is the worst team in the NFL. But still, that's, oh. 
That's that's a feel. He looks good this year. He, he this is this is the best he's looked in a while. Yes. Phil Rivers. I I would just hate to see this guy lose to the Patriots again in the in the playoffs. I just I gotta see this guy. I hope. I mean, my prediction it too is that it's gonna be L.A. Super Bowl. So, but we gotta wait. You think wait it's gonna to be go. an L? You gonna think it's gonna be an L.A. Super Bowl? I'm going all in, I'm bro. I'm, I'm going all oh. in. Man. I mean, all right. Not to change gears too much, but we have to talk about the dark horse in the room, and it's not even a dark horse. It's it's everybody's favorite team in the NFC right now, the the Saints. Yeah. You know, they're 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 on the war path, my friend. So you're gonna you you know the the road to the Super Bowl is through New Orleans. So any team that can knock out New Orleans has a pretty good shot of winning. I I agree with you. I would love to see Phil Rivers take out. Um, Tom and Tom and the gang out in Foxborough, but but you're absolutely right. the The Chargers have a history of of buckling in not prime weather conditions, right? And that's the benefit of playing in the East. You know, that's the benefit of playing in the Northeast. You have you have the winter um, as as an ally. So we'll we'll see how that all shakes out. I um I think I think L. A. has to play aggressive i think they need to pressure tom brady and i mean this isn't a secret right anytime that you can start putting putting pressure on tom and knocking him to the ground he plays erratic he plays quick and he makes mistakes so um you know uh, call me the coach of the century here i think i've cracked new england but it's not that easy right <laughs> it's not that easy i was trying to look at tom brady's stats um from season to season and just try to find some reason why he's not as good as he used to be, but there's just so many stats and he's played so long. He's had such a long career that this year, even this year, he, he did decent. He played decent, but yeah, like if I go back and look at the game by game stats this past year, like two, uh, three weeks ago, week 16, they played Buffalo. He only threw for 126 yards and the, the, they only scored 24 points. And that bill's defense has been known to be, you know, the only thing that keeps them in games. So, totally. They, like that's that's the game plan that she, the Chargers got to go in into Foxborough with, right? And that's how they're gonna win. They're gonna win with defense because this is the first time I've ever seen the Chargers defense really help out Philip Rivers and that offense and really supplement the offense just really well. Matt, who do you like? Who do you like on their off, on the offensive side of the ball other than Melvin Gordon? Oh, dude, Austin Eckler, that kid, the backup from Gordon, he is something special, and that wide receiving core. They got, they got Mike Williams. They got Keenan Allen, and they're just so long. They they're definitely an <laughs> underrated. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, that's good. They're mm-hmm. they're un, an underrated wide receiving core, and yeah, they're just they just got length. They're not big, huge, muscularly muscularly guys. I mean, you know, even even for the charge or for the Steelers, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, those guys aren't the biggest guys, but these guys, they're like six two, six three. And they just, like Keenan Allen, he made that amazing play against the Steelers when, when Phillip Rivers threw a ball to the end zone. And he was, basic, he was throwing a double coverage. It was basically an interception. But the ball just popped up, and Keenan Allen was just like, he just had the eye-hand coordination to be able to just pop that thing right out of midair while it was yeah. just spinning. Yeah. And that was just, to me, that kind of, that kind of showed the Steelers' season in, a, in, a, in, in one play. Like, that's just how the season's gone for the Steelers. And it shows like just how much fight the Chargers have. And even though that was luck, uh, but like of course, Keenan Allen, that yeah. kid, he's he's gonna he's in the conversation for best wide receiver in the NFL. I feel. I think he can compete with Mike Thomas. That's a bold statement. That's a bold statement. He, they, that's a bold. Statement. It is. No one talks about these guys, man. These guys don't get any support. I mean. Like, like they ba- barely even have a fan base now, even though the San Diego fans are schlubs and don't even want to travel the two hours north to go see them in Southern California. They're still in Southern California. I'm gonna get. I'm I'm yeah. upset over yeah. San Diego Chargers fans for saying they left San Diego because they're still there. Like, if you're a real <laughs> fan, you'll make the trip. Stop sure, bitching and sure. whining. <laughs> Look, I uh, la- last last point on on the Chargers. Uh, I, I, uh, ESPN, I think, uh, released an article or, you know, a little insider was saying that Hunter Henry's coming back and yeah. he's going to be the X factor in this game. Um, I, I really like that kid. I, I'd love to see him on Pittsburgh, to be honest, but, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's, uh, it's, it, the defense is going to win the game. 
you know, and um, they uh, they just need to put pressure on Tom. They this, just need to stop stop that offense. This game's going to be like most of those NFL games that you see throughout the year. I feel it's going to be whoever has the ball last. It's not that they're going to win, but they're going to have a chance to decide who's the win- if they want to win. You know what I mean? It's going to be like probably like twenty to seventeen. I don't know which yeah. way, but like Tom Brady could be having the ball with 90 seconds left, or even Philip Rivers the other way, and both those quarterbacks are good enough to make a drive happen. And and uh, I mean, I I, don't, I just don't understand how how Tom Brady threw for over almost 4,500 yards again, yet he only he wasn't even thrown to Julian Edelman until five weeks into the season, and Rob Gronkowski isn't even running at, he's running like like a snail now i mean didn't because it, because he's tom brady man he's he's a good quarterback <laughs> he is he's a good quarterback he's a freaking winner man that's what he is he can yeah. just win yeah well said well said all right uh what about let's go rams cowboys now we've been waiting but this is the big one i want to talk about because obviously i'm the rams fan and this is you i i definitely didn't see the rams making a two-game jump from last year i thought they're going to be 11 and 5 again but i'm happy all right of course i'm happy but people are saying that this Cowboys team is the team of destiny. They're going to be the one, right, to go to the Super Bowl this Who, year. But who's whispering? Who's whispering these things? Because Dude. I think I think it's just drunk Cowboys fans. You're right. Drinking one too many, <laughs> uh, one too many kombuchas. I don't know, or or boochcrafts, whatever they're called. The the hipsters are drinking now. It's uh, I, they are not the team of destiny. Uh, can, continue, Matt. But but these guys are going to get smacked. Continue. I do see Ezekiel Elliott running all over this Rams defense, just as most running backs have run over this Rams defense throughout this season. But this yeah. Rams team, they've only scored 23 points or less twice this year. All right. And that was to, at, to Denver at Denver and to Chicago at Chicago, which both those places are difficult places to win at. And especially with the type of defense Chicago has, it's difficult to, to win there this year, period. I mean, if you watch the wild card game against the Eagles, it was basically the same game the Rams played against them on Sunday night a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. But, but people are just like, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's gonna take the Brock and he's gonna pound it, and he, they're gonna take the time of possession, and they're gonna, that's how they're gonna win the game. And Matt, they're gonna need him to because Dak Prescott does not make good decisions. He does not make good decisions in the fourth quarter. He's he a, does though. He makes a lot of mistakes, and he in the in the fourth quarter a, a lot of. A lot of teams get pushed into desperation mode, right. and sometimes, sometimes you can you can pull it out and win. Uh, Baltimore almost did that, you know. Uh, after a whole game of getting stopped, right, they started crawling back towards the end there. Um, but I I don't think I don't think Dak Prescott has what it takes to to win in the playoffs. Uh, I think Jared Goff has such a quick release, and he has great eyes down the field. Um, and as long as you have Gurley, uh, people have to worry about that guy. Right? Yeah. So I think I think the Rams are going to be just fine. Yeah, I agree. I think the Rams will win by double digits. I think if they can get the running game going, not only with Todd Gurley but C.J. Anderson, an addition they got late in the season, who was kind of tearing it up for for the running the rushing attack on the offense. Um, and I just think if the Rams can control the ball on their side and the offensive line protects, then Jared Goff will be fine. The only time we've seen Jared Goff look hesitant and uncomfortable in the pocket, honestly, was after their bye week in week 12. Then they went to Detroit. He, the offense looked a little shaky. He looked a little shaky. They went to Chicago, and that defense, that Chicago defense just messed everything up. And even against the Chiefs, he was a little uncomfortable, but somehow they put up 54 points, and I don't know how. It's probably because of the, the three defensive touchdowns the Rams got. Was it three? I know they got three big turnovers, though. It's been a while since I've seen that game. Um, but... Yeah, I just, I mean, I agree with you. Dak Prescott, I've been, I've been down on the Cowboys ever since they made that decision to let Tony Romo retire off into the sunset. And they were like, we're going to go with this kid out of college who played behind the best line in the league and won 13 games, then going over one of the best, most accurate quarterbacks in Cowboys history. To me, that just, I mean, I get, I get that Tony Romo was injury prone and you know, he had his back issues. But I still his, feel that his, guy could come out of the booth and he could still sling that ball around, man. Tony does so much better in the booth, and you know he does. Oh, he, yeah. he has saved CBS 
Okay, uh, maybe maybe not. I won't go. I won't go that extreme. But Tony really does a great job um, having that quarterback perspective, and he sees everything that happens on the field. Uh, I, I really like his calling. I think he's a talented guy. I think he's a talented guy in the booth. But yeah, I think I think that's it, honestly, for for Cowboys Rams. Uh, it's it, it, my opinion, Matt. Pretty cut and dry. I think it's going to be it's a playoff game, so it's going to be a battle. Um, I think at the end of the day, Rams are going to pull out. Don't know if they're going to win by double digits. I'd say a touchdown, um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how that all shakes out. It should be entertaining, nonetheless. I do I do think the Cowboys will keep it entertaining, but this Rams team has been great in the second half, and they usually tend to pull away um, at that point. And and just oh, oh here here this will be fun. This will be fun. What are, what are you calling it? I'm saying 28-21 Rams. I'll say it's going to be like 33 to 21. Okay. Maybe 33-24, so they win by nine. Okay. Mm, 35. I'll uh. say 35. You know what? In, in that range. I feel the Rams are definitely going to get in that sweet spot between 33 to 35 points, which has kind of been, you know, somewhat what they've been averaging this year. Um, yeah. But I just don't see – I, I don't see Dak Prescott and that offense really keeping up. I mean, that's what people said when the Cowboys went to – or no, when, when New Orleans saw the Cowboy, Cowboys at Dallas earlier this yeah. year. And and no one really expected that to, to kind of thud the Saints' offense, but I feel like the Rams won't be having too much issues. I know it's deep playoff, you know, ball, and that defense is going to be hyped, but but yeah, I don't I don't think the Rams and Sean McVay are gonna go zero and two in his playoff career to start things off. I feel like it'll be somewhat similar for the Bears next year. Matt Nagy and that Bears team is decent. Mitch Trubisky has to improve a little bit, obviously. But I feel like they kind of took the bounce like the Rams took a bounce last year um, against the Falcons in the wild card round. So, uh, I, think, uh, I think Chicago is going to win the division again, to be honest. Yeah, they probably will. I, I would like to see a little bit more. Uh, like that offense, for some reason, it was popping on some games, and some games it was just a dud. Um, but I would like to see that offense be a little bit more consistent. Um, Let it meld a little bit more in the culture. It just needs to percolate a little bit, that offense. You know, they just need – the flavors need to sink in. But right. you got to look out. Mitch, yeah. Mitch, is, Mitch is scary. Mitch is scary. Yeah, I, we saw the... – Patrick Mahomes is scary, right? Oh, there's, 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 a, there's a lot of brutal quarterbacks in the <laughs> league this year. You know, you, there you, really are. Let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk Chiefs Colts now, right? We got we got Andrew okay. Luck and the Colts, one of the hottest teams in the league. I can't believe it. Who who was talking anything Indianapolis <laughs> uh, right? when they were who, one I'm in five? Serious. Yeah, I'm being serious. They just galloped their way in there. You know, uh, you got to give credit when credit's due. And I, um, if if I had to pick a horse in the game, I would. Of course, I'd love to see the Colts win. Um, I only want to see the Colts win because I feel like. I feel like the Chiefs are brats, you know. They know they're good. They put it. They push it in your face. Uh, no, no one is wears that more than Travis Kelsey, right? Right. He, he's he's such a jerk, that guy. <laughs> uh, he could be a little bit more humble. He could be a little bit more humble, but he's a competitor, right? You know. Right. These guys, at the end of the day, I, I understand you're you're a competitor and you want to put on a show, um, but I think I think uh, the Chiefs are bratty. I don't think. I don't think they have what it takes. They have a history of buckling. Uh, so if if they pull this out, maybe this is a turning point uh, for Kansas City. Right. Um, I just think they have. I think they have something to prove. If they pull it out, I pro- probably would bet it's all my all my money on because of Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, if they lose, it's going to be because of the defense. Eric Berry, one of their biggest safeties, one of their bigger names on defense. He has not really pay- played it all this year. Uh, last time I checked, he wasn't even practicing on yesterday, Wednesday. So I'm pretty sure he won't even play on uh, on. Are they playing Sunday? Let me check real quick. Yeah. Or no, they're playing Saturday. They're playing the one o'clock game, um, Western Pacific time. So yeah, I just feel like there's no way this Kansas City team is going to be able to stop Andrew Luck and the offense, especially with the way they were running the ball against the Texans last week. And that's just the, the Chiefs all year. It's like, you know, they lost three games, and in those three games they averaged over 40 points, which is crazy within itself. I mean, they're the Ooh. only team to score over 50 points in a game and still lose. And lose, yeah. And 
that's just what I feel has is kind of be their. This is going to be the end of their season. I I too do feel that the sixth seed, the Colts, are going to win, just because if I if I'm taking these t- teams at face value, which is at their quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck. To me, Andrew Luck, he's he's 100% again. The guy took his team, which was even worse before the injury, his shoulder injury that got, was, took him out for like 18 months to the AFC Championship where he lost to the Pats just like everyone does, right? <laughs> you, you see, you see, uh, you, you were talking um, Keenan Allen talk as, you know, one of the, like the best wide receiver in the league. No right. one's been talking about T.Y. Hilton. Oh. No one's been talking about that guy. And, and, and T.Y. does some magic on the field. Definitely. Um, I, I, I really like watching him play. I really See, like watching him play. And the, the, like something like that, bringing up that matchup, I don't think there's anyone in that sec- chief secondary that can really lock that guy down. He's going to be having yeah. fun at Arrowhead Stadium. Arrowhead Stadium is going to be loud. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, I just feel like Andrew Luck's going to tear it up. Like, Patrick Mahomes is going to tear it up, too. But I just feel like that Colts defense is better than the Chiefs defense, and they're going to outperform them in that sense. And that's, to me, that's where you got to look well, at, at for this for this match. The 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 Chiefs have uh, they've they've lost some momentum too when they lost Hunt. You know when when right. Hunt made some poor decisions personally. You know, um, you're 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 losing a, a threat that way. You're losing a, a quasi team captain, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. I think. Um, if you want to, let's call let's call this one. You you, you start. What do you, what do you think the score is going to be? Oh, this is going to be high scoring too. I think both these teams score over 30 points. It'll probably be a close one like 35, 36. Like the the point spread isn't going to be too far. I don't know what Vegas has the point spread at right now, but I feel like the Colts pull this one out just by like maybe a field goal or two points, luckily. Oh man, I'm 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 thinking I'm thinking Andrew Luck smears this team. I'm going they're going up at least 14, 17 points, I feel. That's what's gonna happen in Arrowhead. Arrowhead's gonna get embarrassed. Uh the the, the stadium's gonna leave by the third quarter. No, 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 no. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy like that. But um if if I were to put a call on it, um let's let's go uh let's go thirty five Indianapolis, uh twenty one. Kansas City. Okay, so you think that defense is going to perform a little bit better on the Colts side? And, yeah, I, I just think I think the Chiefs will have probably more explosive plays, which means, you know, plays 20 yards or more. And I think that's yeah. what's going to be keeping it a little bit closer because some of those skill guys like Tyreek Hill, that guy is just a freak of nature. They, they call him the cheater, right? Yeah. They have a lot of weapons. It's it's like a Swiss Army knife out there. If one person's covered, another person's open. You're right. It's uh, it, I finally I think the playoffs have kind of settled into good games, right? The wild card weekend was kind of lame. I mean, they were good games, right? Surprisingly, they like there there were good games, but I feel like at least the deserving teams made it through, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess there's some controversy between Philadelphia and Chicago, but. Philadelphia is defending champs. I like to see them go as far as they can. And speaking about Philadelphia, you think they're going to be able to take it out in New Orleans? Let's, what a game if they can. Let's talk about it, man. Let's do this. Yeah, like this is kind of, I was thinking about this. This is the matchup everyone wanted to see in the NFC Championship last year, right? Yeah. So to me, if the Saints win, then they got the, the Eagles got to give up the trophy from last year and give it to the Saints because the Saints just got they the minnesota miracle just blew them off you know that was just unexpected and the vikings then went to go get blown out at philadelphia but this is you know (laughs) yeah but we got nick Foles, big nick Foles doing things magic i think i think i think you can say that yeah he's Talking about, uh, I've, I've brought this up a couple of times, playing with a chip on your shoulder. I definitely think he is, right? He's 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 fighting for a starting job, regardless if that's in Philadelphia or not. Uh, if if this guy performs, right, I think he's going to ask to get traded, something. I actually don't know what his contract looks like. I don't know if he's up for free agency. I don't know. But if I was Nick Foles and you're winning these playoff games, I'd either be like, listen, you either let me start this team or, or I'm gone, right? Like, I mean, I think he deserves it. I believe he's got one year left on his contract, and I know it's pretty big. It's like twenty million dollars. So they got to figure oh out what they're gosh. gonna do quick. 
Oh my gosh. That's yeah. But I maybe just bench Carson Wentz. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, this offensive line for Philadelphia, when they see Nick Foles behind them, they're like, okay, this guy isn't as mobile as Carson Wentz, so we know he's gonna gener- be in this general area, and we know we, and because he's not as agile as Carson Wentz, we gotta do a better job. I think that's the type of mentality they kind of think about, but. And when Carson Wentz is back there, they're like, okay, this guy likes to run around a lot. He likes to move the pocket. And I feel like his arm's definitely better than Nick Foles, but Nick Foles can throw the deep ball. That guy is not afraid to, to give his wide receivers a shot, right? Yeah. If yeah. his guy's one-on-one deep, he's going to try to get it to him. Um, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. And, and Nick Foles, again, he's shown he's the best backup quarterback in the league. And I think, I think they might get the steal. That's a little homer in me because I want the Rams to get the home game for the NFC Championship if they do beat the Cowboys, and and I and I want to go to that game. So that's another reason why I'm hoping for that. But I just sure I the last week the Saints played, they played the Carolina Panthers. They were playing a third string quarterback, and they gave up like 30 points, and they were playing their first team defense. The Saints were they were resting some guys on offense, but they were playing. First team defense, granted that defense might have been lax and they might have just been like whatever and the Carolina had their way with them because it's the game really didn't mean anything for the Saints. But right. to me that momentum is important. To me that Oh, yeah, you absolutely right. Can't can't count that out. Yeah, and that's that's what the difference maker to me is. Philadelphia is on this high. They have this underdog feeling to them just as they did last year. Even though they were the favorites last year, they were still seen as underdogs because of Nick Foles. And this year, they're a true underdog as the sixth seed. And I just feel like the Saints and Sean Payton, I don't know what it is about that guy, but that guy just pisses me off sometimes. I see that guy's face on TV, and I just want to see him choke. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, I, I think this Saints team is great and amazing. And they got a lot of pop, and they got a lot of New Orleans. New Orleans is loud. Drew Brees finds ways to win, right? right? Even though his performance has been a little lackluster, and I guess the only thing I have to go off of that is just his fantasy performance. I remember the last couple of weeks in the regular season, guy wasn't really doing that hot on the fantasy boards. But right, um, they they have weapons too. Ingram is I, I love watching him run the ball, right? Uh, Michael Thomas. He's he's a freak beast, mm-hmm. you know. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. So there's there's definitely off, weapons on the offense. Uh, I I I don't know if I could call this one. I'm with you. I would like to see Philadelphia win just uh, for to, to to bring some drama back, right? Right. Like and I mean, poor Saints. Uh, it, it's just I, I like seeing teams fight, you know, like re- really battle, right? You have you have these other you have these super teams, teams kind of like. The Chiefs, like the Saints, right? Uh, the the Rams, the the Chargers that are winning 11, 12 games, like blowing teams out, scoring a lot of points. They they are good teams, right? The, the, the NFL, you don't you don't you can't just do that. But um, I don't know. It's something nice about seeing a team really just claw their way in and, and actually battle it out and. I think the other teams really did get cut. Like Houston, for example. I'm totally with you, Matt. How was how did Houston even they won ten games. I understand. They won ten games, you're gonna make a playoff. You're you're gonna make a playoff run. But 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 it's Houston. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> hey, they, but they, Houston. they were similar to, to the Colts. They they went on a huge winning streak. They won like like their last six of eight games or six of seven games, something crazy like that, similar to the Colts. Uh, which is why they got there, but but yeah, like I would love to see the Steelers be in the playoffs over the Texans. Me too. You know, Me it would have been a, a much more enjoyable game. I'm, I'm sure. All, uh, all Pittsburgh had to do was beat Cleveland in Week One. That's yeah. all they had to do. Yeah. That's all they had to do. There's and there's just a few other bounces and a few, uh, handful of other games, you know, that could have changed the outcome for the Steelers. But that tie to, really to be, messes you, messes with you, doesn't it? Sure. Sure. To be to be fair, I mean the the game where Pittsburgh um, played played LA the the Chargers. Right. That it, there's been poor officiating all over the place, Matt. And I understand officials are only human, and they do their best with 
challenges, calls from New York, camera angles, this, that, and the other thing. But there has to be a bet. The, the, I, I forgot who it was. Some offensive lineman clearly jumped, clear as day. Yeah. Right? So the defense pulled back. They launched the ball in there. They get a touchdown, right? Like, I don't know. Man. I remember like, that. that. was. I remember that play. That was harsh. That was, was really harsh. He was getting a head start. And, he was like, oh, I got this guy's been beating me all night. I got to get a head start. <laughs> right? They get, they, get a, uh, they get a lot of calls wrong, you know? Uh, not to mention the call that happened um, in, in, in Chicago, right? If that was a fumble or if that wasn't a fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even when uh, Baltimore were playing the Browns and the Browns stripped that ball and they were running back for a touchdown and they didn't give it to him, you know what I mean? They called it a dead play. There's, 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 there's been a lot of pivotal errors. Uh, but what are you going to do? Right, that's just the way the way that's just football, right? I mean, that's it, football. It's been it's part changing. Of the game. I guess you're right. I yeah. guess you're right. It's part of the game. It's it's been changing a lot, and it's a lot of things that we're not used to seeing. And and I mean, definitely with the uh, advances in technology, it's definitely made you know it gives us at home the viewer a lot better angle than what the refs do have on the field, unfortunately. But like you said, they do the best with what they have. And uh, it's 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 been entertaining, nonetheless. You know the drama that they've added. It's added some good conversation, some good talks for for shows like this. And um, <laughs> nice I mean, plug, that, good job. Yeah, I good mean job. that's this, the name of this show is called Talking Heads, and that to me that's all uh, sports commentators are. We're just you know just hot, just spitting hot air into these mics. And hoping something sticks to the wall. And when we're right, damn it, we're right and we're happy about it. And when something's wrong, it's just like, yeah, we just forget about it. Move on. What's the next thing I can talk about? Let's talk stats, right? Yeah, that's, that's, exactly, <laughs> what happens. that's exactly what happens. So, let me get your... You got my Super Bowl prediction. I want to know what you're thinking, what you're thinking with these eight... The Elite Eight left. You, you think uh, anything... You think the Saints are this... this the the team to beat? Do you think they're going to be I the ones the, going to the Super Bowl? I think I think the Saints are the team to beat. And if if I had to put uh, if if I had to call it, I would say it's going to be um, it's going to be New Orleans and um, the the Chargers. I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be uh, Rivers Breeze. Uh, old not were they ever teammates? Did 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 they Rivers were. back up Breeze, or yes. did or did Breeze leave the team and then um, Rivers took his job? I don't it, remember. It was for at least one year, I believe. It was Rivers' rookie year. I need. I could go back. I don't want to do it right now, um, <laughs> but I'm pretty. <laughs> I know they were on the team together for one year, and that's why they they eventually let go of Drew Breeze because they knew Philip Rivers was the future, as he's shown, and he he's looking special. I mean, I feel like you said he's been playing the best ball. In recent of, of years, his career, and I think, I think so. yeah, I think it's his, the best of his career. You know, it's it's they've he's been those wide receivers and that defense just helping him out too. It's it's done a lot for his confidence and a lot for this team. I mean, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead for the first time in four years. Granted, it was by one point, but he turned over the ball like on the first two drives, I believe, and that's just something you can't do, and that's something hard to overcome. Let alone overcoming that at a atmosphere in 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 the the Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, that's just that's yeah. just nuts to me, and I was happy to see that. And I, that to me that was that cemented to me they're the AFC West division champs. I don't care that they tied with the Chiefs. They shouldn't have lost to the Ravens, and which and they and they would have been the first seed in the AFC, right? Getting the first round by, but. They shouldn't have lost to the Ravens. They probably shouldn't have lost to, let's see, who else did they lose to? They shouldn't have lost to, they should have lost to the Rams, definitely. The, the Broncos, no. week 11, they lost to the Broncos by one point at Denver, which, oh, no, no, that was at, at the, the Stubbs Hub Center in Carson. So, you know, stuff like that, I, I don't know, it, it, it's tough, but the Chargers, to me, they haven't played a home game at all in the last two years since they moved to Carson. I don't know if you've seen any of the games, but it, it's a sea of if it's you they're know, playing. They're playing in the uh, what was I gonna say the the Galaxy Stadium, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, StubHub Center, and it's there may be like thirty-one thousand people at most, but uh, you know if it's if it if it's against the rat. I hear I hear that's where the NFL is. 
Well, no, yeah, I was just saying, like, if they're playing, if they're playing the Rams at, at Chargers Stadium, the Chargers Stadium, it's probably going to be more Rams and Chargers fans. If they're playing the Chiefs oh, there, it's going to be more Chiefs fans. That's just the way it's been for them because, I mean, if you know anything about L.A., L.A. is a huge metropolitan area, and there's just fans. There's enough fans in the city to, to fill a stadium of all of the teams if they really wanted to of fans if, if tickets weren't that expensive, right? Um, but, like, that's why a lot, of, a lot of people are saying there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans at the game in, at the Coliseum in L.A., but that's just the way L.A. is. Uh, once, once the, if Rivers wins the Super Bowl... We might see some changes happening. I don't know. Look out! Look out for bolts. There's going to be bolts everywhere. Oh yeah, I, and I wouldn't be too too upset with that. I think LA could handle two really good football teams. People say that that they couldn't, and I I, I disagree. Just give it. It's, <laughs> People say they couldn't. There'll be riots in the streets. <laughs> you know, give these teams a good 10, 15, 20 years in LA in this market, and the kids who are being born right now, right this moment. You know, they're going to grow up with watching nothing but these teams on their TVs every Sunday for the next 20 years, and they're going to be fans, especially the Rams. I mean, hopefully, I'm, my fingers are crossed, man. I'm like, Sean McVay and Jared Goff, please be the next coming of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, right? I mean, that's what everyone's hoping, right, for their team. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, and they, of course. Sean McVay and, and Jared Goff do, do have something special going on right now. And, yeah, just it's, it's exciting to be an L.A. football fan let alone a Chargers or Rams fan. Let's bo- let's hope football is here in the next 15, 20 years. It might not be. Oh, Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, he's putting a, a palace in Inglewood, man. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. This football's going to shoot. We can move all 32 teams to L.A. and just hold them all here in L.A. and stadiums here in L.A., and that would be good enough. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. Or I'm just talking out of my ass. Either way. <laughs> no, we're talking heads, Matthew. We are talking heads. Well, I think that was great for our first episode, and wanted to thank you again, Max, for coming on and being the, my first guest on Talking Heads podcast. 